do. We play like we play. We be us. We be special. We smell greatness. We finish strong. From the top. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. Is the first bite of Fruity Pebbles always the best? Yes. Uh, On today's episode one, this is episode 38, we've got the NFL draft in the books. Jameis Winston is officially a New Orleans Saint. Kim Jong-un appears to be brain dead, or is he? And then uh, we're going to go through our recap of our picks on the draft. But before we get into that... We've got a special guest on the line right now out of, uh, he is a student at the University of Wisconsin, and he's a writer for the Badgers Wire. So we have Ben Kenny on the line right now here to talk to us about the new Saints linebacker, Zach Bond. How you doing, Ben? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. We're doing good. Uh, first things first, how are you doing with all this, uh, the whole coronavirus? You staying safe? Yeah, yeah. Health, health is all good. I'm doing all right. Oh. I mean, it's naturally hard without sports. Oh, yeah. Um, but we can look forward to whatever. Yeah, no doubt. We feel you there. We've been struggling, betting on anything we can. Um, so, yeah, we feel like we got a steal with uh, this linebacker, Zach Bond. I, I watched him a little bit. We had, uh, we had a couple bets that we had on Wisconsin throughout the year. Um, so, first things first, I mean, what's, what's the Houdat Nation getting with a linebacker like Zach Bond? Um, I mean, first and foremost, he's a dude with amazing character. You've heard everyone around him talk about it, players, coaches, um, NFL guys in the front office. He, he's just a great guy coming in. And that's kind of what you've been getting with Wisconsin linebackers recently going to the NFL. Uh, they're high-character guys that produce. Um, but on the field, the first thing you've got to look at is the pass rush production. He's, he was uh, near the top of the nation last year with 12-and-a-half sacks. He's fast off the edge, relentless. And he's a dude that is rushing the passer with constant effort. You see so many plays that break down, the quarterback rolls out, and he's the guy always kind of going after the quarterback and finishing the play. No, um, no doubt. But, yeah, but one more. Going with that, he's also versatile. He was worked out at middle linebacker by teams during the pro day. He can guard running backs coming out of the backfield. He can kind of play as a stand-up linebacker in addition uh, to coming off the edge. So he's a super versatile guy that produces. He's good playing the run. He's just kind of an all-around great player and definitely a great person. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, he had a 4-6-5-40 time. He had 24 reps on the bench press, which was second most by a linebacker. So he put up impressive numbers at the combine. And, yeah, I've been watching his uh, footage as much as I can, and he looks like he's flying all over the field. So it looks like there's a lot to uh, look forward to. And Wisconsin's been, like you said, been putting out some linebackers in the league lately with uh, T.J. Watt and all kinds of different players like that. So, uh, we, I got Nick with me too. He's my co-host, so I know he had a couple questions for you too. So, you got anything for him, Nick? Um, yeah, my name's Nick. Um, were you surprised that Zach Bond fell all the way to number seventy-four? Um, yeah, I was. I think with a lot of the people that were looking at the draft from both a college and pro perspective, a lot of people slated him end of the first round, early second, maybe to the Ravens or the Dolphins or the Giants, kind of in that area. Um, but then when he fell to the third. I mean, you saw New Orleans trade up for him, and that kind of tells you that they thought he was a value at that spot. And you look at his skill set, the production he brings, again, 12 and a half sacks last year, 19 and a half tackles for loss, and that's not usually talent that you're getting at 74. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, when he was still there at, at day two, I thought for sure he was going to go early in the second round, and then he falls all the way to the third round. I mean, the Saints get a real steal. Like you were saying, I do think that he may be one of the most, if not the most versatile player in this draft. From the linebacker position or just overall? Overall, on defense, you know, he can rush the passer. He can play uh, the run. Uh, a thing that surprised me when I was watching the footage is how well he uh, does in pass coverage. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's where that four six forty time definitely comes in. Um, so I think one reason why he fell to 74 was because of the foot injuries that he had recently. So that's my next question for you. Do you feel like injuries will be a nagging issue for him going forward, or do you think do you feel like he's good to go? I mean, I know you can't really – anything can happen in the NFL, but do you feel like this is like a chronic, like this is going to be a usual thing with him, or do you think he's going to be uh, good to go from that area? No, I mean, he did miss all of 17 and a lot of the preseason going into 18, but the fact that he played – all 13 games in 2018, all 14 in 2019, and never was even on the injury report or questionable to miss games during that time. I feel like you got to look at what's happened recently and see that he's gotten over whatever those injuries are. And, I mean, obviously, the NFL, those things kind of happen. But with his injury from two years ago, I don't think that's going to be a problem for him. Good. That's good to hear. No, yeah, I'm sure the Houdat Nation will be uh... – Definitely happy to hear that. So, all right, my last question for you, and then I think Nick's got another one for you as well. So, in the NFL today, if you could compare him to any player right now, who would it be? Yeah, so I was actually thinking about this, and he's a guy that just retired, Saul County, he was playing last year, but it's Lorenzo Alexander. Really? Um, this is a guy that was a, he was a two-time Pro Bowler. He was a second-team All-Pro in 2016. He wasn't ever the best at his position, but he was a 15-year NFL vet that made it after being an undrafted free agent. He was kind of doubted during the draft process. Um, but he was a quick, skilled guy, and I think you're getting a lot of the same skill set with Bond. He's athletic enough to cover running backs during pass plays. He's just an all-around, a complete outside linebacker that will give you the sack numbers, but also produce, and he's one of those guys that you could see staying around for a while. Maybe not at the level of T.J. Watt or other of those linebackers, but definitely a productive guy. Okay, see, I really like that comparison because I was kind of – a lot of people are unrealistic with the comparison, so I was hoping you weren't going to throw out like a Von Miller or something like that. <laughs> like that was that was definitely a. I feel like that's a pretty good comparison. That's some, and I mean, I would if if that's what we get out of him, if we get that, uh, if that's his ceiling right there, if that's who he turns out to be, I mean, I'm more than happy with that. So, all right, yeah, you, for sure. Uh, especially you look at Cam Jordan on that defense. He had, what, 15 and a half sacks last year? Yep. And then after that, there wasn't much production in that area. Yeah, we so got – put him in and – Yeah, no, we got Marcus Davenport who, I mean, if he can stay healthy, I, I still got faith yeah. in him. I'm thinking that he can still potentially turn out to be a, uh, a force in the league. He's shown flashes here and there, but, I mean, he's just been bitten by the injury bug recently. But we're hoping we can get a little healthy year out of him. But, no, Bond is definitely going to uh, – cause it he's gonna have a big impact in my opinion so I think Nick's got another question for you as well let's see yeah last question um what's your favorite Zach Baum moment on the field um I mean when you I I was thinking about this there were there wasn't one that really stands out because of because of what he did kind of during every game he was always in the backfield but I I thought about three main ones his first he had a pick six against Michigan State last year and this was in week six or seven of the season when the Badgers had uh, – the Badger defense had named themselves the Goose Egg Gang. They had, they had put up goose eggs against a couple teams 
and it was big for them to do it against Big Ten opponents. So we had a pick six that maintained the shutout there. Um, he had two huge sacks against Minnesota again last year in the play-in game for the Big Ten championship. And then the one that I actually think of is the Badgers were up 14 nothing early in the Big Ten championship last season. He had a big sack against Fields that kind of had all Badger fans thinking that they had a chance to come away with the championship, which obviously didn't happen. But yeah, no, I definitely remember that. That was I thought they because we bet on uh, or I know I bet I don't remember if Nick did, but I bet on Wisconsin earlier in the year and it did not yeah. go very well. So whenever I yeah. saw them up fourteen nothing, they were definitely uh, it was looking like they might pull it out. But then I mean, yeah, we all know what happened from then on out. But yeah, I mean, I feel like we got a steal. I'm not gonna lie, I really do. I feel like we got a steal in this draft. I was very surprised that he dropped to where he did, especially after seeing the first round grades and all that and all the potential that he has. So, Yeah, I mean, one more thing, and I'm from Philly, so I know this more than anyone. Uh, you guys stole our guy Malcolm Jenkins this offseason. And I think, <laughs> uh, I mean, you're obviously putting, he's one of the best leaders in the NFL, and then you're adding Vaughn to that mix that when Jenkins eventually is gone from the NFL, he, he has that character to maybe step into a role like that. I like that. I like that. Just for the record, y'all borrowed him from us. We took him out of Ohio State. <laughs> but, um, I'll take the Super Bowl, though, yeah. Hey, hey, I, I feel you. We got ours in 2009, so we've been trying to get back there these last couple years, but obviously yes, everybody sir. knows how that's been going. Um, but, yeah, man, thank you for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. I feel like that was – that was a lot of good info. I th- the Who Dat Nation's got a uh, a lot to be excited for with Zach Bond. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, hopefully we can get you back on uh, when sports get get back up and going. Uh, like I said, for some reason I find myself betting on Wisconsin more than I should. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll definitely get you back under. on. Yeah, that just, uh, that just seems. Stay on the under and you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Well, we'll definitely get you back on. We appreciate you coming on. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, special thanks to uh, Ben Kenny for coming on. That was I felt like that was good. That, yeah, was, that was real good. A lot of good insight. Um, so yeah, he writes for the Badgers Wire. You can go ahead and check out uh, all the articles that he's putting out over there. I mean, clearly he knows his stuff. Um, he's gonna be soon to be graduate of the University of Wisconsin. So yeah, I mean, I'm not kidding. I really do. I feel like the Saints got a steal with Zach Bond. So, but we'll touch on the uh, the other picks before uh, we move on. Obviously. The first-round pick, uh, Cesar Ruiz, when I heard it, I said, this isn't fucking soccer. I said, who? I said, what? Obviously, I wanted Kenneth Murray. I made that clear. Um, Kenneth Murray got taken by the, who was it, the Chargers? Yeah, I think the Chargers traded up one pick in front yeah, of us. Yeah, they traded up in front of us. Just like the Chiefs did for Patrick Mahomes. Chargers traded up one pick in front, in front of us, took Kenneth Murray, Um so uh, I thought next next uh, area that we were going to go, or we were going to stay with in the linebacker area, but I thought we were going to take Patrick Queen out of LSU. We did not. Uh, I thought we may go Xavier McKinney, but after I looked into that more, I'm, I'm glad we didn't. But uh, we take Cesar Ruiz, the center out of Michigan. So I, I feel like it caught a lot of people off guard. Um I wasn't a fan of it off the start, but after about 20 minutes of like really looking into it and really actually thinking about it, I feel like it's a really good move. Um, this guy was uh, the it, one of, if not the best center in college football. If there's anything the Saints have proven that they can do, it's they can draft offensive linemen. You look at Ryan Ramchek at right tackle. He's now the best right tackle in football. 
You got Eric McCoy at center, which is what kind of every, threw everybody for a loop. Um, he was one of the best centers in football as a rookie. So, obviously, this means Larry Warford. Larry Warford is going to be uh, either out the door or uh, packaged in a trade. I, I don't know what. But if if I'm guessing, you're going to have uh, – it's either going to be McCoy at center and Ruiz at right guard or vice versa, Ruiz at center and McCoy at right guard. So got younger on the offensive line, which it's not a flashy pick. It's not what you, it's not what you look for. It doesn't, you're not jumping out of your seat when you take an offensive lineman. But if you look at that Minnesota game, that's why we lost. Drew Brees had a D lineman in his face every snap. So everything was thrown off. The timing was thrown off. So it was a necessary pick. And then at the end of the day, we were still able to get one of the best, uh, I mean, there was this was a good linebacker class, but one of the best linebackers, like you just heard Nick say, he thinks is the most versatile player in the draft. We were able to get him on day two, move up to 74, moved up two spots. Uh, I think we gave up a 2021 third round pick, but we are going to get compensated a third round pick. It's expected at least we're going to get compensated a third round pick for Teddy Bridgewater leaving. So it's like you're giving up a third, but you're getting a third. So you, we're not losing anything. I mean, it, just another example of Mickey Loomis playing chess, not checkers, like everybody else. So, what are, what are your thoughts on the Ruiz pick? Yeah, I mean, when when we first, um, at the time, I'm not. But when, when we were going into this draft, I wanted us to get a wide receiver, preferably one of the top four. Uh, Justin Jefferson was still there after a while. He was the fifth wide receiver taken, but he got picked before the Saints pick. So, um, I really didn't know what we were gonna do because. Kenneth Murray, like you said, went right before we picked. So, um, yeah, I didn't know exactly what we were going to pick. I, I I, wasn't really expecting an offensive lineman. I don't think many people were. But, yeah, the pick makes total sense because uh, the most important positions other than the quarterback on an NFL team is the offensive line. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean. And, and we have some players – Especially on the interior that are older, uh, Larry Warford. Yep. And um, well, you you know you have to be one step ahead in replacing these. Yeah, those guys. definitely, definitely. You don't want to have to. Yeah, I agree. You definitely want to be one step ahead. And it's like we just signed Andrews Pete to a questionable contract, which at the end of the day, it's not the worst value for it. Um, obviously, I'm not the biggest fan of Pete, but if I'm picking Pete or Warford, I'm taking Pete. I feel. Um, even though Warford was, I might be two time Pro Bowler. Yeah. But Warford's older, though. Yeah, I mean, it's no no knock on him. I mean, time doesn't wait for anybody. So it it's definitely, like you said, better to be one step ahead. And uh, we got a good a good one coming in. And you saw that raw emotion when he got picked. He was happy to be picked by the Saints. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure that uh, what I read, there was a couple other teams in the first round right behind us that had Ruiz on their board. So he was going to get taken in the first round. So a lot of other teams were high on him. It's just it's not a flashy pick. It's not what... Um, I wouldn't say the average fan, but I mean, pretty much, yeah, the average fan does not want to hear an offensive lineman taken in the first round. You want to see, uh, like a, a su- like a superstar caliber player that you think like you want a receiver or a flat, a, a skill position player. So, and so did Aaron Rodgers. but we saw what happened with there. The Packers take Jordan love in the first round. Aaron Rodgers is not happy. I know there's reports coming out now that he talked to Love and that they're on good terms and he was happy for him and this and that. Fuck no. Aaron Rodgers is not happy one bit. Aaron Rodgers is pissed. Um, He was on Pat McAfee's radio show saying that 
this will be the first time in like 15 years that they draft a skill position player, so that'll be cool. And then they take a quarterback. So there's no way he's fucking happy with that. Yeah, I mean, he wants weapons. Um, but you got to wonder, man, Aaron Rodgers' production has been down the past few seasons. No, it definitely has. And when you look at his decision-making, um, he just seems like a guy that early in his career he was able to rely on athleticism to get outside the pocket, make plays, um, plays where you can't cover a guy for five, six seconds. Yeah. In, in the in the uh, secondary. Eventually, but, they're going to get open. Yeah, and You now can just run he zigzags. He's not as mobile as he used to be, so he struggles a little bit. And um, there's just a lot of plays that just seem like are wasted plays. Like he throws yep. the ball out, um, out of bounds. Yeah, he gives or, up on the play too early. Now. Yeah, or he'll throw it in the dirt real quick. It's just like – because um, you had Aaron Rodgers on your fantasy team. Yep. Uh, Tyler – who I helped guide him to the uh, worst position in, in in the league. Helped picked his entire team. Um, you he had him. Aaron Rodgers, and it was just like, <laughs> and this isn't the Aaron Rodgers that anybody is used to anymore. And no, it's, definitely And it's not. been the past two seasons, so I don't know. Um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers leads the league in agitated eye rolls every year. Yeah, he's just he's. I don't know. I mean, from what I understand, you he's don't not ever the see like the guy. Yeah, because you don't ever see Drew Brees roll his eyes and oh, get pissed off. If he's mad, I mean, you're gonna know when he's mad, but he's gonna go get in your face and he's gonna tell you what you did wrong and he's gonna help you work on not doing it again. Aaron Rodgers is just gonna be roll his eyes like a little drama queen and go walk to the sideline and pout. Like they're not the same. So all this Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. Y'all can save me with that shit. That. He is not the greatest quarterback, never has been, never will be. He had a couple good years, a couple really good years. I'll give him that. But he didn't sustain it. He's not like Drew Brees. He's not going to be 42, 41, 42, throwing for fucking 4,500 yards. And what what did Drew have? Like 40 touchdowns and eight interceptions two years ago? Like, yeah, something. Some, like yeah, boy, 35, north yeah. of 35 touchdowns. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers ain't going to be doing that. Aaron Rodgers is going to be out the league in three years. So uh, Brett Favre was on the radio show, on somebody's radio show today, saying that he thinks Rodgers is going to finish the, uh, his career with a different team. It wouldn't shock me. Um, they're obviously, the Packers are preparing for that um, possibility. So, but all right. So the Saints also took, uh, and they traded a slew of draft picks for Adam Troutman. Um, Tight end out of Dayton, who, I mean, you hear Dayton and you're like, okay. Um, But if you go watch this guy, this guy is really good. The knock on him is speed. I think he ran a 4.8 40-yard dash, which is not what he was looking for there, uh, not what the scouts were looking for either. But he's a big guy. He's He's a good blocking tight end, which the Saints love. Um, And he really impressed at the senior day, or at the senior bowl. So... And that proved that he could do it up against SEC talent and the guys um, from the Power Five conferences. So I I think the Saints potentially could have got a steal there as well. Um, little flashes of Travis Kelsey maybe coming out of Cincinnati. Kelsey was a quarterback and then moved to tight end. Um, what are your thoughts on Adam Troutman? You got anything there? Um, I mean, yeah, what you said, the 40 isn't all that fast. But uh, from looking at the film – He's a guy that may not be fast, but he moves well in space. He's uh, 
seems like he's got good feet, so uh, he doesn't get caught up in in uh, traffic a lot. So when he's running his routes, he's able to maneuver through uh, traffic and get open. But uh, he's a guy that can go up and get the ball. Yeah, um, I, w- I want to say he had a like a two point five percent drop rate, um, which is very good. The run blocking here though is huge. Uh, we just talked about offensive line being the second most important position uh, on the on the field, and the tight end is 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 an extension of the offensive line. Uh, that's why you look at a player like Gronk; he retires, and um, the Patriots all of a sudden they can't run the ball like they used to be able to run the ball. And then of of course they lack in weapons on the receiving end too. Um, you 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 compare them to Travis Kelsey, uh, who's a bit. A, a bit faster, and Gronk's pretty fast too. But uh, I would compare well, that's Adam like, Troutman that's his, to Gronkowski more than yeah. Those guys are than, his, um, his ceiling. Yeah, more than Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's his ceiling. That's not where, like, I'm not saying he's gonna be that, but you always hope you you shoot for the stars there. You hope that that's what he could potentially turn into. But I mean, he's a big guy. He's got good hands, and he can block really well. So uh, he had a really good contested catch percentage. So I mean, you got to think. You got Jared Cook on one side. You got Adam Troutman on the other side. You got Michael Thomas. I mean, you got Jump Ball City in the red zone. So Sean Payton's going to be able to cook some, something up with uh with those guys for sure. Um, so right when you thought the Saints were out of the draft, they trade back in to take Tommy Stevens, the quarterback out of Mississippi State. So he's got he's got quarterback listed at his position, but this guy's not going to play quarterback. I can promise you that he will. Uh, the Saints had him send in send in videos of him running routes. He's going to try to fill that Swiss Army knife role. Um, I, I could be wrong there, but I'm 95% positive that when you see him come in, it's going to be for a Taysom Hill-like role, even though I still think Taysom Hill in some capacity is going to continue to do what he's been doing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're saying, why Why did we go get Jameis Winston if we've got if we drafted Tommy Stevens? He's not going to be used. He's not the quarterback of the future. I can promise you that. So I, I don't know if you have anything on Stevens that you want to add in, but – yeah, what they trade? They trade a six-round pick to get into the seventh round. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. To me, this pick is a bit suspect. Um, obviously, we know about Tommy Stevens a little bit because he plays in the he played in the SEC. Yeah. Um, he was injured, I think, when LSU played Mississippi State this yeah. past season. Uh, some guy named Schrader, with a beard, was playing for him. <laughs> um, they play kind of the same type of um player, but. Well, remember who who was the quarterback Mississippi State had that couldn't throw for shit, but he that ran was Nick a lot. Fitzgerald. Yes, yeah, so they love. He was in the XFL. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Back up over there, but they love this type of quarterback who yeah, can't they throw do. a lick, and that's why they're never good. Do so. I think Tommy Stevens will be the next Taysom Hill? Probably not. No, I don't think he's fast enough. But he's a big dude. He's like six four, six five. Like he's built. So I mean. They'll be able to cook up something with him, but no, I mean, I, I'm we're probably reaching here trying to figure out what this guy's going to bring to the team. But I mean, hey, I mean, <laughs> hopefully something. They I mean, I, does he make the team? Well, from what I from what I read was that the, we were going to pick him up as an undrafted free agent, but another team had already put like an acclaim for him, so he wouldn't have got him. Um, which I don't know exactly how all that works, but so they just said, all right, screw it, let's go back into the draft and go take him. So. They ended up drafting him, um, so they must have something in plan for him. But, yeah, that's a good question. Does he make the team? We don't know how long they're going to have to prepare um, with everything going on right now. So, I don't know. That uh, remains to be seen. I mean, but, I would guess that he wouldn't. 
Yeah, I mean, it's very possible that he doesn't. I mean, what, so. Are we going to have four quarterbacks? Yeah, it might be wasting my damn The other play. three guys well, are going to make the damn team. Yeah, no, without a doubt. You know they're all three going to make it. Um, But sometimes we, we keep four. Eh. Yeah, we always we're move. like one of the few teams that keep three. Well, we would bring JT Barrett back. Like, I mean, he's a practice. So yeah, he could stay. Um, Tommy Stevens could stay on practice, the practice squad. squad. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But all right, let's get into these picks that we had for the draft. I personally had a pretty solid draft. Um, threw in a couple prop bets that we did not talk about. So not really going to help y'all there. But um, first things first, I want to talk about Henry Ruggs as the first receiver off the board. I had some money sitting in my account, and uh, he was plus 300. So I was like, okay, instead of trying to spread this around, I just, I'm like, I'm tossing it all on one pick. Um, I was like, I'm going rugs, first receiver off the board. And Goodell gets up there in his basement, hyping up those pre recorded fans on the Zoom call. And the Raiders, man, the Raiders take Henry Ruggs. Almost, I jumped out of my chair. I said, let's fucking go. Plus 300, cashed in. Right then, I knew I was making money on the night. That was fantastic. I know you weren't too happy about that. You sprinkled someone uh, who was it, Justin Jefferson, first receiver off the board. Yeah, I had someone um, Jefferson, and I had uh, more on Jerry Judy. Yep. So uh, I was the only one happy in the room. Um, I think I was the only one who made money in the room too. So I don't know how you ended up finishing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was pretty pumped up about that. <laughs> um, so all right, let's start. From the top, what we got? Let's quickly go through this, and uh, we'll, we'll move on. Oh, uh, the first one we talked about was uh, Justin Herbert. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I felt good about this one. I really did, and it went exactly how I thought. Um, this is what we we both agreed. Um, there was no way Miami was passing up on Tua. That's what I said. They've been holding up tank for Tua signs for almost two years now, so there was no way that they would pass it up. That's what I said on the last episode. You don't get fired for drafting Tua and his injury be a problem and then him not panning out to be what you had hoped. That does That's not a fireable offense. A fireable offense is taking Justin Herbert, and then Tua turns into a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's when you get fired, and that's when you're looked at as a moron. So they did the obvious choice. They took Tua to Miami, and then Justin Herbert went to the Chargers, which is exactly what I said. He's going to go to the Chargers. He's going to be just like Phillip Rivers. He might have a shit ton of kids, live out there in L.A., and he's going to be just good enough to get you to the playoffs, and then he's going to choke it away with a couple interceptions. So, uh, I mean, don't call me a prophet, but I've been calling shit since we started this podcast. So I, I felt pretty good about that, and we started off with, with a bang right there. So, Yeah, I don't think uh, Herbert's all that good of a quarterback. He won you a lot. Well, he didn't really he's win a you, smart but guy. <laughs> he was on the team that won you a lot of money last year. Yeah. Uh, he had three touchdowns. Actually, I think, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say he ran that one for, for and, you for and the uh, in a game, the last bet I placed of the season, it was a big bet. How much was it? I, I, don't know, <laughs> I lose count, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, to me, just watching Herbert play, it's like he's a guy got a he's got a strong arm, but he struggles with accuracy and he missed a lot of open wide receivers. It's his decision making. I feel like he doesn't know when to pull the trigger and when to like go through his progressions. So I think I don't know. he's a guy though that could get better. No, yeah, I think he's got the potential. Don't get me wrong. I mean, comparing him to Phillip Rivers, that's not a that's not a knock really. Me saying that he's not going to get it done. I mean, there's been worse quarterbacks to win Super Bowls than Philip Rivers. Yeah, you got Trent Dilfer winning. winning uh, Joe Flacco. Exactly. Those Ravens, man. They get some mediocre quarterbacks and just have a good-ass defense. Um, 
But yeah, I mean. So yeah, the yeah. over five and a half paid uh, minus one thirty five when we when we recorded the podcast. Yep, it might have been around there or. Uh, yeah, I think that's what we locked it in at. Um, all right, what was number two? Uh, it was CD Lamb over twelve and a half. Oh yeah, that hit. Yeah. Big time. All the receivers fell. The receivers fell uh, a lot farther than expected. So, um, yeah, I mean, we started out good there. I know we also had uh, Okuda was really the first one that we got. Did you pick uh, Okuda? I I didn't talk about that. No? Maybe I didn't talk about it on the podcast. I think we talked. You you bet it, but we didn't talk about it. Yeah, I definitely took Okuda to the Lions. Um, Or it might have been under three and a half, whatever it was. But um, so, all right, what's the next one? Um, yeah, well, when we recorded the podcast, the CD Lamb over 12 and a half was plus 150. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that when, on the night of the draft. Yeah. It, it, the uh, odds had changed and even the number had changed to, I think, uh, 11 and a half. Yeah. A lot of people thought CD Lamb was going to be the first wide receiver uh, drafted. Yeah, that just wasn't said. the John, case. John Gruden's that type of guy who would take a CD Lamb. Yeah, <laughs> but shocking everybody, it was Jerry Jones who takes CD Lamb. So from his uh, from his uh, yacht that he was making the picks on, go ahead and tell him what Jerry Jones told the uh, the scouting department. Uh, <laughs> so it was like a few days before the draft. Uh, Jerry Jones call, calls a scout report. He goes, "Hey, scout report, scouting department." <laughs> I don't want to hear from you guys on the night of the draft. Don't bother me. <laughs> what do you have a scouting department for? He told him not to bug him while he's making the picks. And, I mean, you can see him. They showed him set up on his yacht. It's like him and his wife. His wife's like, she might have, she might as well have been spoon-feeding him his food. So uh, he, he told the whole scouting department, don't bother me. Don't talk to me. Basically, take the night off. He's got this. And he takes CeeDee Lamb in the first round. Yeah, so. he's in this, in his y- yacht. And they got, like, servants and shit walking Uh around in the background and stuff. It was crazy. Um, Where were we? We were talking about, yeah, so so the Cowboys took CeeDee Lamb, but it was after 12 and a half. So we won that bet. Um, Then it came to quarterbacks uh, in the first round. So this is when we were at, we were opposites on. So it was, uh, the over-under was set at four, correct? Right. So I said I was going with the over because you're banking on there being four, and then you're just hoping. You're hoping for that fifth to sneak in, which it didn't. But you're hoping for that fifth to sneak in, and then you're getting plus money. Nick decided to go a little bit of the safer route. Um, if it's four, you push. And then if it's less than four, which I'll let you go into it a little bit more, then you're not getting plus money, but you're still winning. So... Obviously, we know that fourth quarterback off the board was Jordan, uh, not Jordan Jefferson, was uh, Jordan Love. And you pointed out a good point uh, when we were talking earlier that the Packers took him. But after that, I mean, there was really nobody else that was going to take a quarterback. So, yeah. So the way I looked at this bet was that there was no w- w- no chance in hell that five quarterbacks were going to get taken in the first round. And I thought that these so-called experts were mistaken when they did their scouting on Jordan Love. And I thought that there was a good chance that Jordan Love could fall out of the first round. But the Packers surprised everybody and and picked them. Yeah, I mean, they were definitely not somebody that I thought was going to take a quarterback in the first round. So if you really want to look at it that way, taking the under like you did was probably the safer of the two picks. Um, I decided to roll the dice there and hope for a fifth to sneak into the first round and get the plus money. But yeah, if you had to, the more... The safer pick to go with was probably the under, like he did. Um, 
because like I said, Jordan, Jordan Love was not expected to go. Again, I saw Jordan Love in person on the sideline. I was screaming at him um, at the LSU game. And he just didn't impress me in person. And then I watched him. I, I was a big Boise State guy this past season. Um, so I, I won some money betting against Utah State. He just doesn't impress me. He throws a lot of interceptions. I know he has the arm talent. but So he's got the Dude, potential. The, but The big thing on Love was that uh, – his 2018 season was phenomenal. Yeah. And then they lose uh they but, might have lost their head coach and their offensive coordinator. Yeah. So that's that's difficult to so, overcome. Um, but also it's like once you get that hype on you, like you never know. He all the eyes started turning to him like okay, this guy's a potential first round pick. Like so now he's got more eyes on him, probably more people doing more interviews after the game, like it, it, it's a lot more pressure put on you. So maybe he's not able to live up to that, which it's still way too early to. No, and he may, he may end up being good, but, um, you know, falling out the first round, there's been a lot of quarterbacks that are, are very good that weren't picked in the first round. Tom Brady. And Drew Brees yep. is another one. <laughs> yep. Um. So, yeah, I mean, you can't put too much stock into – first round picks and who falls and this and that. You never know. Anybody could pan out. There's undrafted free agents that what wasn't Antonio Brown undrafted? No, I think he was drafted. He was drafted? Okay, maybe I'm reaching Big, there. Like um cuz he was out of Central Michigan, wasn't he? When Thaddeus Moss went undrafted, a lot of people were surprised. Yeah. And then um <laughs> so you know, after every draft they always show who's the best undrafted players. Mm-hmm. Um one of the best ones is Antonio Gates. Yep. But a big thing here is Antonio Gates, I don't even know if he was in the, in the draft because yeah. he didn't play college football. He, he played, played basketball. basketball. Yep. Um, so he may have declared for the NFL draft, but I I don't know. It's something you'll have to research. But um, Yeah, who knows. Um, there's been other really good players that, that, have, that went undrafted. So a big shock in the first round that we were happy to see was at the very end, the Kansas City Chiefs take Clyde Edwards-Elaire out of LSU, the first running back off the board, a guy who was not expected to go first round, and they had a really cool video when he got picked. Um, Just a raw emotion. I mean, I'm sure he didn't expect to go first round, so you get that call, you're going to the defending Super Bowl champs, you're playing with, I mean, it's not really even an argument anymore. You're playing with the best quarterback in the league, one of the most dynamic offenses. I mean, you're getting that first round money now. You just won a national championship. I'm honestly, I couldn't be more happy for Clyde Edwards Elair. And I had a I had some some money on Jonathan Taylor first running back off the board. But at that point, dude, I didn't care. I was happy for Clyde. He deserves it. Uh he, in my opinion, was the most dynamic running back in the league and in, in the nation last year. And he showed it. I mean, he he won us that game against Alabama. If he wasn't at running back for us, I don't think we win that game on the road in Bama. So I couldn't be more happy for uh Clyde there. Yeah, I mean, you look at this fit. You look at the offense that he's coming from and then the offense that he's going into. It's like a plug-and-play type thing. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire will be a pretty good running back at the NFL. Uh, He's in the best predicament that a rookie running back can be in, uh, in the most high-powered offense um, in the league, possibly one of the most high-powered offenses that football has ever seen. Yeah, no. For I mean, two years, for, for for his college career, and then his yeah. uh, to start his professional career. So he's one lucky guy. Uh, he might have not got lucky with his height, but he sure got lucky uh, when he got drafted. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, you can't ask for a better situation. Um, obviously, we didn't even touch on it this episode because I mean, 
Doesn't even need to be said. Joe Burrow went number one. We knew it was going to happen. We told you it was going to happen earlier in the year. It did. Um, I will be a uh, Bengals fan from a distance. Um, I'll be a Joe Burrow fan. I don't know that I'll be a Bengals fan, but I'm definitely excited to watch him. I've been saying for a while, I think he hops right in, and I think he's putting up numbers. I really do. I think he's going to put up numbers. He's got weapons. They drafted uh, T. Higgins out of Clemson to go with A.J. Green. You got Tyler Boyd. Uh, do they still have Eifert at tight end? Even though I know he's had his foot put on backwards. Um, I don't know. They may have they Eifert. They got rid of him. They got Joe Mixon. They got a whole Oklahoma locker room at running back. Um, just signing Samaji Pirine again today. So he's going to have weapons. I think he hops right in and puts up numbers, like I said. so. Um, yeah. Um, so he took number nine. Joe Burrow took number nine, which was Carson, Carson Palmer's Palmer. old number. Yep. And then T. Higgins took 85. 85. I saw that. So they're getting that 9 to 85 connection back together up I, I there like in that. Cincinnati. Yeah, I like that a lot. So, yeah, no, uh, I'm happy for Joe Burrow. Uh, I wish him nothing but the best. Obviously, I was reminiscing on the LSU season earlier today, and I was just thinking how happy I was. that I, I was down on the field on the last game that Joe Burrow played in Death Valley. So that's something that I'll remember forever. That was that whole season just feels like it was too good to be true. So Yeah, earlier today I was freaking looking through my phone. There's not shit going on, so I can't check any scores or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I decide I'm going to go look at the uh, week zero college football season. August mm-hmm. 29th, you got week zero. Um, Notre Dame plays Navy that week. I think they're supposed to play that game in Ireland, but who knows what in Ireland? Yeah, Damn. college, uh, college game day is supposed to go all the way to Ireland for that game, dude. I, I pray college football starts but, on time. Um, who knows if it'll even start then, and then what they're gonna do, where they're gonna play games. But I'm ready for when those spreads come out. Oh yeah, no yeah, I need it. I need it to come back. All right, so let's let's go through these uh, remaining picks that we had quickly, and then uh. We'll move on to the last couple things we're going to talk um, about. Clemson players in the first round. When we recorded the podcast, it was uh, the over-under was one and a half. We went with the under one and a half. It would have paid uh, plus 350, but the Falcons decided to take A.J. Terrell, which was the second Clemson player off the board. The first was Isaiah Simmons. Um, Yeah, I mean, they pick a guy that got burned the whole National championship game. Yep. (laughs) So good for them. them. It's a bittersweet. You know, you lose a bet, but, you know, Mike Thomas is going to have another guy he's going to be picking on. Yep. So um, that's that. And then we go to wide receivers drafted in the first round. I went over five and a half. Did you go over or under? I did under, but I think it actually turned out to be six and a half. Yeah. It may have stayed where it was at five and a half, but regardless, I'm pretty sure the over still hit. Uh, the Eagles threw a monkey wrench in there, taking Jalen Rager. Um, I know Brandon Ayuk went. Um, I'm pretty sure it hit the over. Yeah, regardless. it did. So, yeah, not good. Wasn't happy there. Didn't think uh, Jalen Rager. Seven of them went in the first round. Yeah, I didn't think Jalen Rager was going to be taken in the first going to be uh, taken in the first round, but he was. Um, so, good for you. What's next? Um, and then here's where we started to lose because we went with the New Orleans Saints first election. We said it was going to be defense. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it surprised everybody, and it was an offensive player. Not where we thought we were going to go. Yep. We thought it was possible that they would go and try to get a receiver, but uh, they went offensive line, so you lose that. Uh, before that or after that, the Patriots' first election, we said Patriots need offense. <laughs> well, they uh, they draft this guy named Kyle Duggar out of Lenore Ryan. For safety, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the one that bothered me the most, though, was the over-under SEC players taken in the first round. What was it? It was 15 and a half, right? Um, yeah. So we had Justin, who's been on the podcast uh, on a number of occasions over at the house. He was betting just like we were. So we all took the over on SEC players in the first half. Uh, so we needed 16. So Justin's on it the whole night. He's counting them out. Uh, we get down to, like, the last few picks. There's, like, three or four picks left. And we're like, okay, we need – I think we need two more. And so I, I can't remember who went. It was a guy out of Auburn. It was, like, a cornerback out of Auburn. And we're like, oh, shit, it was an unexpected pick. We're like, oh, shit, okay, we need one more. And so I'm asking Justin. I'm like, you're positive. You counted. He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm, he's counting on the ticker. He's counting them out. And he's like he, – but he's counting them to himself. So he goes, yeah, yeah, we're at 15 right now. Well, last pick is Clyde edwards Elair. So we're like – Fuck yeah, we're jumping out. We're like, let's go. And then Justin bounces thinking we we won the bet. Justin leaves. And then me and Nick are looking at it and we're like, that's fucking 15, Justin. What are we counting? Yeah, and even before that, <laughs> look, Justin was at 15. And Trey Wingo comes on. This is on ESPN NFL Network the whole nine yards. <laughs> Trey Wingo said, oh, yeah, that was the 14th player selected. And Justin's got one ahead of him. He said, and he said, that sets a new record. And Justin said, nah, he doesn't know what he's talking <laughs> he about. Said, I counted 15. <laughs> he called Trey Wingo an idiot and yeah, said he, he doesn't did. know what he's talking about. God damn it, well, Justin. The, dra- the first night of the draft ends, and um, Adam Schefter tweets, the SEC sets a new record, 15 players taken. Well, I know that we were idiots and drafted <laughs> and bet that half the players drafted were going to be SEC players. Well, so I counted them, and it was obviously 15 because you have two of the uh, most reputable guys saying that it was. So, I mean, but Justin thought he was right, but he was wrong. God damn it, Justin. I bet you you knew the number of Bud Lights you had. Uh, I I bet he didn't. I even tweeted it out. I was like, okay, I trusted Justin. I tweeted it out. Just hit the over 15 and a half SEC players. Had to delete that quick as shit because that was not right. So that was a letdown. Uh, that's how we ended our night right there. But again, happy for Clyde. Uh, we thought he cashed in for us, but he didn't. We lost that, and I lost the uh, lost the uh, Jonathan Taylor first running back off the board. So it was a double whammy there. But so yeah, all in all, though, I still made money with uh, Henry Ruggs. I was happy with it. So yeah. Um. Then we had. <clears throat> LSU players drafted in the first round. This number was a high number, five and a half. It didn't hit. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were lucky to get five. Yep. Yeah, I know. But, um, you know, when we looked at this, we we thought we were going to have surefire four of them. Uh, the two players that we thought might be able to sneak in, what, uh, that they weren't Clyde Edwards-Lair. Yep. They were uh, Christian Fulton and Grant Delpit, who both went in the second round. But um, yeah, there was a lot of corners who went before Christian Fulton, which uh, is kind of questionable in my opinion. But I mean, Grant Delpit too. I mean, look, Cleveland could be. I mean, they they've been drafting players. They've been getting some of the best talent around the league to surround uh, their young quarterback. I mean, if Cleveland can't win, 
when are they ever going to no, be able to win? No, yeah, they might never ever win ever. So, so, um, <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, there was four, there was four there was five players taken from LSU. It was Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, uh, Caleb Von Chason, and Patrick Queen. Yep. And then uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yep. I mean, all in all, I thoroughly enjoyed the draft. It went a lot smoother than I thought it would. I was expecting there to be uh, some type of technical difficulties. There really wasn't. It went really well. Um, Roger Goodell refused to hype up the Saints fans on the Zoom call. Don't think I didn't notice that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, other than that, it exceeded all my expectations. It felt really good to have something come back to bet on. So, I mean, what were your thoughts on it all in all before we move on? Yeah, it was good, but um, did you pick over five and a half or under five and a half? I think I picked over. Yeah, I think you did. Uh, before we go to the last one we had. Oh, we have another one? Yeah. Um, Jesus the Christ. draft was uh, surprisingly good to me. I liked the way they did it, the virtual draft. Uh, and made Roger Goodell look like a fool the whole time because he turns hey, around. come on, guys. And talks to the screen, <laughs> and then he gets all awkward in front of the camera. Yeah, Roger, we know those are pre-recorded. Yeah, I mean, he's crazy, but uh, I never liked him. Did you? No, 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 no. Yeah, and I still don't like I thought it was funny how I had to get up there and do the whole stupid thing. But Yeah, all right, last one, and then we're going to move on. It to, was a uh, double loss because we – um. We went against our our roots here. It was LSU versus Alabama oh, first right. round picks. That's right. LSU edges them out by one here. I thought Xavier McKinney was going to go in the first round. That shocked me that he didn't. Uh, I thought he was a surefire first round pick. He fell to the second, maybe even the third round, for all I know. Um, and that was the difference maker there. It would have been a push. Yeah, um, looking at McKinney, a lot of people liked him. Me personally, I thought there was better safeties in the draft. Uh, one being Grant Delpit, who went uh, who went after McKinney got drafted. But um, yeah, I mean, you look at the whole draft. LSU uh, broke a record, fourteen play or or tied a record, fourteen players selected, um, and then they have some good players that didn't get drafted too that could uh, end up having good careers in the NFL. So. Um, it was a good night for LSU, especially with regards to cre- uh, recruiting in the future. Um, we can say that we now have had the most uh, NFL draft picks in one draft. Yep. No, oh, yeah, I mean, LSU just keeps on winning. So, um, all right, that'll wrap up the NFL draft recap. Um, like I said, I made money on the night. At the end of the day, I was still happy. It was very close to cashing in a little bit more, but can't ask for much more. Um, all right, so the next big news – and going on right now is that Jameis Winston is now a New Orleans Saint. That's a W. We all know Jameis eating a W, poking Marshawn Lattimore in the back of his helmet, getting him blindsided by Mike Evans. I was not happy with Jameis Winston. Not a big Jameis guy. Um, and a lot of Saints fans aren't. You can tell. There, there's a lot of hate for this guy out there. Just the way he carried himself, uh, pretty immature, the way he went, uh, went about everything. But I got to say, the way he's handled this uh, whole process and deciding where he wanted to go to continue his career, uh, I got to commend him for it. I think he took a massive pay cut uh, from what he had been making. Uh, the contract is a one-year, $1.1 million base salary with $3.4 million potential in bonuses. The only way he's going to get those bonuses is if Drew Brees gets hurt, um, unless he, 
I don't know this, the exact specifics of it, but I guess he could come in in garbage time. Um, but also he's got a bonus for like, if he sees, if he plays in the playoffs. So it's, he's going to have to get on the field in uh, like games that matter, in my opinion, to hit these bonuses. So you're basically getting him on a million dollar deal. Um, so he took a pay cut. He could have went to Pittsburgh. He decided to come to what he called quarterback Harvard with uh, Sean Payton, Drew Brees, and Taysom Hill. And uh, Tommy Stevens is just going to be there dragging behind. Um, but honestly, I really think that this is a fucking steal for the Saints. The, I see a lot of people like, why are we doing this? Why would we not? Can you name a better backup quarterback in the NFL right now than Jameis Winston? I've been asking that question to a bunch of people. No, there isn't one, and uh, I'll tell you right now, for all uh, you guys who are Teddy Bridgewater fans, Jameis Winston is better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater I'm is. so glad you said that because we haven't talked about this at all. This Honestly, the contract just got signed today. I was talking to my dad about it the last few days. I've been saying that. I'm taking Jameis Winston over Teddy Bridgewater. Jameis Winston will at least sling the rock. Teddy is scared to let it go. It's dink and dunk. It, he, he looks like he's playing in sand. I'm taking Jameis every day of the week before I take Teddy Bridgewater on potential and playing ability. Character-wise, it's a no-brainer. It's Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not knocking Teddy at all. What he brought to the locker room will never be duplicated. Um, but if, if I'm taking a guy who I got to win this game right now or I got a two-minute drive, I'm taking I'm taking Jameis. I am. Look, Jameis Winston's beaten the Saints in the last two minutes a few times yep. in his career. <clears throat> Um, you look at Jameis Winston in the position that he was put in uh, from the beginning of his career. In my opinion, he was never really put in a position to be that successful. Dirk Cutter was a terrible fucking coach. Um, he never really had a good offensive line. Never had a running game to rely on. Uh, you come to he comes to New Orleans. Let's say Drew Brees retires after the season. We re re-sign Jameis Winston as the future of the franchise, the Saints are going to be good for a really, really, really long time. No, yeah, this guy's only 26 years old, and we're getting him on a one-year, $1 million deal. This guy was making $30 million a year for the last few years. Like, he was looked at as he was going to be the future in Tampa, and now it obviously it didn't work out. They got Tom Brady coming to Tampa, and Jameis says, okay, I'm going to New Orleans. I'm doing what Teddy Bridgewater did. I'm taking a massive pay cut, and I'm going to try to – uh have longevity with my career, not go somewhere and pull up. Like, he, he doesn't want to be like a Tyrod Taylor or a Geno Smith. Like, he wants to go and start. He wants to have a potential future career in the NFL where he can make a difference, and I think he made the right decision coming to New Orleans. Yeah, man, and hopefully everything goes to plan. Hopefully the Saints win the Super Bowl this year and Drew Brees can ride off in the sunset because I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie, I'm excited for the future if uh, Jameis Winston is involved in, in the Saints. You look at this guy coming out of college, he's one of the most sought-after uh, quarterbacks in recent history. They compared them. Uh, it, you know, a lot of people think Jameis Winston's a certified idiot, which yeah. uh, he may be. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to football, uh, he's a lot smarter than people think. Uh, his Wonderlick test yep. scores were, com uh, were in the same uh, percentile as Drew Brees and mm -hmm. Peyton Manning. Um so you look at this guy and his potential to be a franchise quarterback, and I still think that it's there. Uh, he couldn't have landed in a better place uh, other than the Saints. It's a win-win for both parties. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, after this season, we'll see what Drew Brees does. 
if he retires or not. But um, yeah, no, I agree. Um, Drew Brees even said he's like, work ethic has never been a question with Jameis Winston. That apparently is known throughout the league that he's going to work hard. He's going to do what it takes to uh, put himself in position to be successful, which, I mean, the guy had over 5,000 yards and over 30 touchdowns, but then he had the the 30 for 30 that you never want to have. So um, obviously 30 interceptions, a lot of them were tip balls, but still. Yeah, but not, I can respect that. <laughs> what, going out and throwing? Yeah, you got to be slinging that thing to throw 30 interceptions. <laughs> and yeah. it's like you just got to – because, you know, they always say you, a quarterback – you know, he can't remember his last interception or he can't remember his last. He has to have short-term memory yep. in terms of his mistakes or else you'll end up being shy to throw the ball. Well, this guy's never been sl- shy to go out there and sling it around. No, yeah. I mean, you, if you're going to throw 30 of them and you're going to keep slinging, you're going to have to. Uh... Yeah, work ethic's a big deal. I mean, when I look at a quarterback and when I say, can he be successful in the NFL? The first thing you want to look for is a f- is fearlessness. Yep, and that's something Jameis Winston seems to have. No, and he's got toughness too. I've seen him limping up and down the field, going to lead his team on the drive. So no, look I, at like times. I said, at times he's looked really freaking good. No, yeah, and we talked about this last year. And I have a problem betting on Jameis yeah, Winston. We had a, we talked about this last year where it's like you don't know what Jameis you're going to get. You're either going to get a really good Jameis or a really bad Jameis. So it's difficult to bet on the Buccaneers, and he's now on the Saints. It's difficult to bet on Jameis because you don't know who you're going to get it's almost better to just stay away because it's a 50-50 coin flip of he's going to light it up or he's going to throw a lot to the other team. Um, No, yeah, I think, honestly, I saw a lot of people saying, why would we do this? Why would we not? This is a low-risk, extremely low-risk situation. This is nothing but good for the Saints. I mean, at the very least, he's in the quarterback room helping helping prep for the opponent. Like, at the the very least. The best thing – that comes out of this is that Taysom Hill can can have his usual role as yep. whatever you want to call it, the Joker position or the Swiss Army knife position. Yeah. Where he can play all over the place because he doesn't have to serve as the immediate backup to Drew Brees. And that's where Taysom Hill is most productive, it is mm-hmm. in that position. Yep. So, um and then again it's an upgrade in your opinion and in my opinion at the backup quarterback. No, yeah. I don't think you can you can't name me a better backup quarterback in the NFL. I've asked multiple people this question, um, and I, I've heard questionable. Uh, I heard Tyrod Taylor thrown out. Tyrod Taylor could be starting quarterback. In, in yeah, I mean potentially in Los Angeles. But I'm taking Jameis over Tyrod Taylor. I really am. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm taking. It's James. not even close. Yeah, I heard Ryan Fitzpatrick, which Ryan Fitzpatrick is good for a game. He's good for two games, maybe. And then he's throwing six interceptions in one game. And then it's, okay, the sky's falling. It happens every season. He'll come in, he'll light it up for a game, maybe two, and then the sky is falling. He's throwing six interceptions in one game. Like, it happens consistently. So, no, I think the Saints got a steal with Jameis Winston. And if anybody knows a good steal, it's Jameis. So, that's the only shot I'll take at Jameis in regards to the uh, crab legs. But other than that, He's a saint now. You got to ride or die for the Saints. Um, so no, I'm happy with it. I feel like this is. I mean, you can't ask for a better, a better situation than this. Another example of the Saints playing, uh, playing chess, not checkers. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But if there's an NFL season, the Saints are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, so yeah, you got anything more on Jameis before we move on? 
Mm, no, I just think it, it, it's a great pickup. Yeah, I mean, it, it was surprising pickup. when the news was first. There was rumblings of this first, you yep. know. And then it was like when, when you first hear those rumblings, you kind of start hoping that it's going to happen. Yeah. And then when you find out, so we hear it, and then they're saying, all right, the Saints are and James Winston are closing in on a contract. Then he doesn't get signed for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I think he got signed yesterday, right? Yep, because it now it's uh it was the deadline for the uh compensatory picks. Yeah. So again. So uh, and then you find checkers. out how much he, we got him for. It's a freaking steal. Yep. On that end, like what we search the couch cushions for money to sign James Winston. Like I mean, he's like he's making less money than Deshaun Kaiser, who's zero and fifteen in the NFL in his career. And then he'll be, and then Taysom Hill signed a contract before we signed Tays, yep. uh, Jameis Winston, sixteen million guaranteed. Which I was like, after that news broke, I was like, oh, are we getting yeah. Winston or not? Yep. No, yeah. It turns out we were just for a, a steal of a deal, and then I, I don't know. It's just it's really exciting news because for the past five years you've been asking, well, when Drew Brees does decide to put the cleats up, who's going to be the next? guy no doubt then many people thought it could have been teddy bridgewater but timing wasn't right for that yeah no i mean james is only 26 and then you get an old. upgrade in my opinion for uh the next couple years yeah. what, whether what's going to happen with drew Brees. so yeah he's only 26 years old this guy is not even in his prime yet so i mean the time is now for james he, he come in learn behind one the greatest quarterback of all time learn behind the greatest, one of the greatest coaches of all time, a surefire Hall of Fame coach, like he called it. It's it's quarterback Harvard. So, come in, rejuvenate your career, and let's go. I mean, let's go win one this year. So, again, a steal of a deal getting Jameis Winston. Um, all right. In other news, a report has come out that Kim Jong Un is potentially brain dead. But then there has reports that have come out that is uh, conflicting with that, saying that he's fine. What's the deal? Is he brain dead or not? I mean, who shit if I know? <laughs> well, the people need to know. I mean, this is one of the, this is a dictator, Dennis Rodman's best friend, who uh, episode three and four of the Last Dance came out, which really gave you inside uh, info into the life of Dennis Rodman. So again, great fucking series. Uh, five and six come out on Sunday. Uh, definitely gonna be tuning in for that. Um, but yeah, Dennis Rodman, buddy, buddy with Kim Jong Un. Can somebody check in? On uh, Dennis, they they're saying that Kim Jong Un might be a vegetable. So, but then there's conflicting reports coming. Yeah, out I mean, if anyone fine. knows, it could be Rodman. I know. Can we get so word from is Trump gonna call Rodman? Because <laughs> it appears to me he's calling the wrong guys because he's he doesn't know either. Yeah, I don't know, but um, that'd be some big news. That I mean, good on him if he's yeah. Brain dead. Then it's like. I don't know, dude. P- p- politics and uh, international oh, yeah, affairs thing. are complicated things. So then you end up thing. with a power struggle over there. Who's going to end up being the supreme leader? His sister. Yeah. That's what they're saying. I don't know. That's one thing we're never really going to dive into on this podcast is politics. Um, we'll we'll dabble in it here and there. Is Kim Jong-un brain dead, et cetera. But, um, yeah, we're never really going to dive in. You, you'll never know our opinions when it comes to anything political whatsoever, um, at least not mine. If you want to throw yours out there, by all means. <laughs> I might occasionally, you know. Uh, I'm not a fan of the uh, North Koreans, though. I don't think most people are. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily political, though. I think that's just... Well, I don't know that it's the North Korean people. It's the... the yeah, well, the government. Yeah, the government. All right, yeah, again, we're not... 
we're not going. I mean, down the that people road. are over there starving and shit. Yeah, but they're we'll, saying there could be a big famine over there uh, due to all whatever everything that's going on, other than their leader dying. Maybe we're getting off track here. Um, all right, that pretty much sums it up. Good news in the world of sports betting. NASCAR is set to return May 17th at Darlington Motor Speedway in South Carolina. They're coming back. Um, There was another race approved for uh, the 20th and then the 24th of May. So, bam, 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 three races. Uh, We're betting on all of them. I know I am for a fact. Um, The Carolinas are uh, approving these races to be raced without fans. So we'll see what happens there, but you don't need fans at a NASCAR race. There's no, it's not like football. There's no advantage if fans are there or not. They can't hear shit. They're going 200 miles an hour around a track. Um, so I'm excited about that. That is something that'll definitely be getting bet on. So how do you feel? You you down to slap some more money on Ricky Stenhouse? I don't know, man. What? I mean, look, uh, since football season ended, we had success betting college basketball. And then I we bet UFC, um, which is coming. NASCAR. Speaking of UFC, I'm gonna cut you off real quick. Speaking of UFC, um, big card on May 9th, and anybody who's still listening at this point, we're a little over an hour in, um, or just over an hour in. Potential big guest. I'm not gonna tell you who it is yet. Uh, really big guest potentially coming on the next episode to break down this uh, card on May 9th and just touch on what's going on with everything in this. Uh, coronavirus pandemic uh, mixed UFC world. So stay tuned for that next episode in the works. We're trying to organize it right now. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So, all right, sorry to cut you off, but you can go back. Anyway, I don't like to lose money. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I may bet it, but I probably have to take it a little bit easier than I did in the past just because I got to get ready for football season. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, well, I think that'll wrap up episode 38 of Big Easy Bets. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Big Easy Bets. We got a lot of stuff in store coming very soon. We're not going to break the news what it is yet, but you'll know soon enough. Be on the lookout. Um, until then, you can follow us, like I said, on Twitter, at Big Easy Bets. Uh, go to Apple Podcasts, um, rate us, leave a review, just listen. Um, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, the whole nine yards. Uh, we're easy to find. And, yeah, I mean, if anybody's got any questions about anything, messages, not too much going on to bet on right now. But, like I said, things are on the horizon. You got anything to say before we head out? We strong, Dan. All right. Y'all have a good one. Who that? We just got to do what we do. We play like we play. We be us. We be special. We smell greatness. We finish strong. From the top. One, two, three, four.